Hello and welcome to One in Four, talking mental health with Abby Lacey and friends. In this series, I'll be chatting to friends about their mental health, how they cope, their support systems, advice they've learned and advice they'd like to pass on. Please note the topics in this podcast may not be suitable for all listeners. Today on One in Four, I'm joined by Ian Tavener. Ian is the author of Cookfulness, a cookbook aimed at those suffering from chronic mental and physical conditions. Ian and I chat about his life-changing diagnosis of fibromyalgia and arthritis, as well as obviously cooking, his love of music and his wonderful family. So hi, Ian, how are you today? And I mean, how are you really? Not just, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's a great question, isn't it? You get asked a lot. I mean, people don't really want to know the answer. No, um, exactly. <laughs> I, do you know what? I'm actually pretty good. Um, I think the last 12 to 18 months, so much has changed, not what well, for everybody, um, but for me in particular, obviously with lockdown and homeschooling, but with having a book out, mm. it's, um, it's, it's changed everything. I think in the last... Yeah, 18 months, literally, my life has changed dramatically for the better, which is which is amazing. That is incredible. So tell me your story. So, yeah, it, I was, I guess, what you call a normal person. I was just a, a, I was a dad of a young family uh, working, um, doing normal things. Uh, mm. I used to run. I used to play rugby. I used to I just started running half marathons um, and I started I guess it was a slow it was a slow decline. I started to get anxiety and panic attacks while I was at work. I used to have to do quite a lot of public speaking, which I'd not really had any problem with before, but I started finding myself getting incredibly nervous to the point of I couldn't go on, I wanted to run away. Um, and I just thought, okay, it's just 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 a blip, it's fine. Mm. Um, but it it sort of was getting worse and over, over a period of a couple of years, I was doing everything I possibly could to, to hide to hide that. Mm. Um, I would do all kinds of things to cover it up and, and make it look on the outside that I was fine, um, but obviously wasn't. And probably over, over the next couple of years, a, a sort of three fairly major events happened in my life, which went from things happening bit by bit to all of a sudden the big bang hit. So my mum, uh, rest her soul, she passed away after a, a long battle with, with dementia. And she, my parents lived in the Isle of Man, which is where I'm from originally. Um, yeah. And I was here, so I didn't get to see her very often. And it was it, when she sort of eventually went, it wasn't a surprise that she passed away. It was just a big feeling of, I wish I'd been able to see her more. Mm. Um, but I bottled all the grief up. I, I kept it all uh, hidden inside to try and give my dad some strength, but didn't realize how much it was affecting me. Mm. Um, with work, I was getting more and more anxious and more panic attacks and more, it, looking back now, I was getting more, actually, I, I didn't want to be there. Mm. Um, but I was in a position where I had to be there and it was, uh, it was, it was not great. And then I guess the straw that broke the, the camel's back was when I started to get sort of strange pain in my body, it was coming from places that I've sort of what on earth's going on here and over a period of another probably another year I was having tests and medications and operations and you name it for this that and the other in the end none of which actually told me what was wrong um, 
And I just remember I was sat in a hospital bed with my wife and I was due to go in for more nerve root therapy injections to try and stop the pain. Yeah. And I just broke down and I just said, I can't do this anymore. I don't know what's what's wrong. I don't know what's happening. Um, and it just it just all hit at once. And my wife just looked at me and, and the consultant came in and said, oh, crikey. Um, and from that, it was like, OK, we need to help you with your mental health yeah. as well as your physical health. But what, what happened was they put me into mental health support, but ignored the physical health. Right. So they couldn't so cope I, with both aspects no, at the same time. Everybody was looking at one thing and it oh, was like, OK. Boy. And they go, great, well done. You filled in this CBT form. Congratulations. And I go, oh, great. That's fantastic. And then the next day I'd be in agony. I was thinking, oh, what, what's going on? Yeah. Um, so it was. It, there was a lot of back and forth. There was all kinds of things. In the end, I just sort of, it sort of collapsed inside myself. I just disappeared because I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know what was happening. Um, eventually, they diagnosed me with fibromyalgia and uh, arthritis for the pain and depression and anxiety for the mental health. And I thought, yeah. well, at least I know now what it is. Mm. Although fibromyalgia is such a stupid illness because it doesn't actually tell you anything it just means you're in a lot of pain for no reason whatsoever and I just I got to the point where I couldn't function anymore I had to give up work because I was taking more and more time off and I had to stop was that because of the physical side or the mental or was it a, an absolute combination of it both? was an absolute combination I think mm. what was happening was that uh, looking back now I can see it very clearly that both of them were tangled together they were intertwined so yeah. one fired the other fired the other but at the time, it was all being looked at separately still. Mm. Um, so I gave, I had to give up work. I was still trying to find someone or somewhere to help me. As you know, my family were doing everything they could, but I effectively had become a, a passenger. But we got, we sort of struck, <laughs> if you can be lucky, we were struck lucky because there's a place in Bath called the National Centre for Pain uh, Services. Yeah. It's an NHS place. Never heard of it. And they said, this really is the last place that might be able to help you. Um, and they said, you need to go down and have an assessment and they'll decide whether or not you're suitable. And I was like, okay. So I didn't want to go. I just didn't, I didn't want to face anyone. You know, I didn't, yeah. uh, I didn't feel capable of explaining what was wrong. I didn't feel capable of talking about it. Um, but we went down there and we had a, a whole day of being assessed sort of from a mental health perspective and a physical health perspective mm. you didn't feel like a lab rat you just felt like they were asking you good questions you know what yeah. medication have you been on how have you been feeling what's what blah, blah, blah. and in the end they said yeah you know what you're 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 the type of person we really think we can help um there was no false promises there was not we're, we're going to cure you that was never going to happen yeah um they said quite honestly that if we can improve your quality of life by 10% then we've won yeah and I was like well I'll take that absolutely um, <laughs> and I guess at that point you'd say I'll take anything <laughs> oh yeah and my wife was going oh yes sign him up um, <laughs> and it was um unfortunately what happened they offered me a place and basically they run these programs it's a four-week residential program mm. so it's quite intense and I got accepted on the program but then at the same time, I'd been having some scans done because those scans came back saying I had really bad arthritis and I had to have both my hips replaced. So that put me back out of the bath program for two years while that was done. Okay. Then, and then it was 
phoned them up, I'm ready. And to, to their credit, they said, yeah, we'll just come down, talk to us again, and we'll put you straight back in and you won't go to the back of the queue. Um, and a long story short, I went to the programme in May 2019, so it's very recent. Mm. Um, met nine other amazing people who suffer from chronic sort of conditions, pain and, and mental health, and had the most incredible four weeks of camaraderie, of, of laughing. I hadn't laughed for four years, I don't think, um, of just understanding how my head and my body were firing off each other. Yeah. And I, 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 from that, I started to realize that I needed something to, to look up at and grab hold of to start to pull me out of all of this. Um, sense of worth, I guess. Absolutely. A, a sense of, do I belong? Have, um, you know, do I have a role in this family anymore? Um, mm. you know, my kids were young and it's like, you know, they haven't really seen the dad for quite a long time. And rather than that being a big weight on me, it became a, something that I was looking at going, oh, do you know what? I think there is, I need to be part of this family again. Yeah. Great thing to do, but how the heck do you get there? Yeah. Um, and what they did, they helped me understand, they helped me detangle my brain, they helped me detangle everything that was going on to say, okay, well, what is it that you really enjoy doing? And I said, well, actually, I really enjoy cooking. I used to love cooking, but mm -hmm. I haven't been able to do it for years. Um, and they said, well, let's see if we can, you know, try finding a way that you can. I went, okay, so I went away and they just left it there and I went away and I said, you know what, I'm going to have a go at this. So I got out a recipe book and I couldn't just make a dish up. I can't just, previously I'd throw a few things together and off we go. Yeah. I couldn't, so I needed a recipe book. So I, and I've got loads of books and I, I was going through them, going through them and I was looking at them and my brain was just going, nope, 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 can't make that. Nope, can't do that. And I ended up with nothing. Was that because it was too complicated mentally or too complicated physically to do yeah, it? Yeah, both. Um, both. What was happening was I'd open up a book and I'd look at it and go, that looks amazing. That picture looks fantastic. And then immediately my brain would go, but I've got no chance of making that. So I yeah. switched off and I said, yeah. well, no, that's not going to happen. Or I'd look at something and I, or I'd try something, something really simple. And I'd try it and I'd get halfway through it. And then suddenly it would say, you should have turned your oven on like 20 minutes ago. Or, and I'd go, oh my God. And then panic and yeah. leave it. And then I'd go. And because of the state I was in, it was just, everything was, no, I can't do this. And my wife turned to me and she said, do you know what? All these frustrations you're having, everyone must be, like, a lot of people must be having these frustrations, but are doing it silently. So why don't you try and turn that into something better and, and almost re-engineer a cookbook and I was like okay so I, I started to to do it and I came up with a way that worked I could suddenly start to to make things mm. I, was, uh, I was able to create um using you know using recipes but I detangled them and made them a bit easier so there was no pictures you know there's no uh, there's very clear instructions as to what you're going to need. You know, what what items am I going to need? Down to the level of you need a teaspoon or you need a tablespoon. Yeah. Everything. And it's all sort of, I set it all out like that. And my wife said to me, do you know, I think we should try and put this into a book. Yeah. And I went, yeah, right, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, so we thought, well, what, what, I suppose, why not? And, um, you know, I had a lot of recipes and I thought, well, 
and my mum was a, an amazing cook and I thought you know what I'm going to do it for her as well yeah. and, and and get this do something really well so it is self-published but I put this book together I just thought oh this is this could help if I'd had this I would have been like turbo boosted into yeah. into cooking so and and it sort of blew up from there so cookfulness the book came from all of the things that I found I couldn't do and thought well if I if I can turn them into things I can do then lots of other people might be able to find that as well so and that's where it came from it's literally been since June 2019 to, to now is where it started and how it's got to to be published so so you said about brain fog. So in the book, do yeah. you do very simple instructions so yeah. that people don't, because it is the whole overwhelm, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And brain fog, it's very hard to explain brain fog to people who've never experienced it. Um, but it's one of those things and it can get overwhelm you in, in, in seconds. And I, so when I was looking at the instructions, I thought, well, what, what is it that I would want to see Mm. help me so it was very very basic down to the levels of you're going to need a medium saucepan a wooden spoon three bowls blah 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 every single thing you're going to need yeah is right at the beginning of the of each recipe so you can say rather than getting halfway through and it says now zest the lime you're going uh, I oh, got zest exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so that's all up front and then in the sort of method it's very very simple it's line by line what I do is, so everything that I think is really important, like actually now you need to turn your oven on, I put a big sort of key mark next to it so you yes. know it's there, you know when it's coming. Uh, and then I remind people in hints and tips of, you know, make sure you count this when you're looking at things. Work backwards from the time that you've got to how long you've, it says you need to do. But I've added in a, a give yourself time. So what that is, is an extra, an extra bit of time that says if you're getting overwhelmed, you can just take a step back have a breath, have a think, re-sort of focus yourself and come back and go again. Or if you're in a lot of pain and you're struggling that day, it gives you that extra buffer to say, I know that on a good day, I could do this in 50 minutes, but on a bad day, it's going to take me an hour and 20. So you can plan. So I've tried to do it in a way that gives people the chance to, if you're having a really bad day or you're having a better day, you can still cook the same dishes. It's just in different ways, depending on you know how you do yeah absolutely so I've uh, my, my wife will kill me for saying this but my wife doesn't like cooking she right. really doesn't doesn't enjoy it at all <laughs> um and so when she, she's a great one for testing whether or not something makes <laughs> will will work so she can read it if she can follow it then pretty much anyone can um and I really wanted to to look at ways that said I don't want you to get overwhelmed when you look at that page. I don't want you to think, mm. oh, crikey, you know, that's that's impossible. So down to the dishes that I picked, you know, there's, there's even things like how to boil an egg, how to uh, poach an egg, because when you're in one of those really bad states, you, you just lose all sort of ability to think straight. Um, oh, absolutely. What I've, what I've tried to do as well is say that, you know, one dish doesn't have to be one dish. So... There's a, a recipe in the book for spaghetti bolognese. Everyone loves a bolognese. Mm. But actually out of that then become comes another eight dishes that you can create from a spaghetti bolognese. So you can add two or three ingredients and suddenly it becomes tacos, it becomes burritos, it becomes a lasagna. So what I'm trying to say is that on a better day, why not make a little bit extra of your bolognese yes. mix, put it in the freezer. When you're having a bit of a bad day, bring it out of the freezer either have it as you had it before or you could add two more ingredients and you've got a brand new dish 
you know, you've still made it. You should still be incredibly proud of yourself that you made it. Uh, and you're not cheating by putting it in the freezer because you made it in the first place. Oh, God, so, absolutely. Batch cooking is the best thing ever. So do you, in your book, say that, you know how some chefs do this with they say, right, this is what you need in your kitchen cupboard. Do you have a section on that? So because I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by the thought of, oh, God, I haven't got garlic or I haven't got yeah. oregano. Do you say look, this is this is kind of a basic kitchen larder? Absolutely. Um, even down to these are the, the sort of gadgets and gizmos that I've got. Um, I'm one of those. I was in, in my worst moments. I think I was ordering stuff from Amazon. A lot <laughs> because <laughs> I'd go, I'd watch the telly and go, Oh, that looks amazing, and order it. And then all of a sudden, I've got a spiralizer that's sat in the back of the cupboard. I've got all these things, and I'm thinking, Well, Ian, I'll just interrupt you. At one point, I had three spiralizers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Um, and it, it's sort of, Well, what do you really need? You need yeah. a good frying pan, you need a couple of good knives, and that. And so, I said that these are all I use, these are the things that I use, and all of these dishes are created from these sort of 10 15 utensils. And then, things like herbs, these are my top, you know, five or six herbs that I use. Um, everyone will know most of them. I threw a, a, a couple of curveballs in just to see if people were reading it properly. Um, and things like uh, in the freezer, you know, you mentioned about garlic and um, and things like onions, etc. Sometimes I find it incredibly hard to chop things because mm. either my hands hurt or I, my head's hurting and it's just... So I always have in the freezer some frozen chopped onions that you can get from, you know, all the supermarkets, some, yeah. um, some peppers, some garlic, whatever. And in the fridge, I'll have a little jar of, of garlic already chopped and ready to go mm. because it just gives you that little bit of a lift that says, oh, yeah, I, I haven't got the, the strength to do that bit, but... It's already there. I can start it off because it's already chopped for me. And now I can get on with cooking. So it's, I just tried to remove as many barriers as I possibly Absolutely. could to, to, you, to you wanting to cook, not either having to cook or not wanting to cook at all. So. But it's bringing the joy back into it, isn't it? Oh, because, you know, yeah. things like onions can be a faff because you oh, end up crying. And yeah. garlic, if the skin, you know, with the skin and everything can be a real ball ache. And yeah. if you haven't got the dexterity... I guess, to do it, or the patients as well, yeah. so both physical and mental, it can yeah. really put you off, can't it? Uh, totally, totally. And you know, things like bags of grated cheese. You know, uh, my mum years ago said to me, oh, I can't believe these people who buy grated cheese, it's disgraceful. Mm. Um, but, I, but it's a lifesaver because me and, a, me and graters don't get on very well. I either end up taking my knuckles off or I fire the graters around the room. It's, it's things just go everywhere. And you end up with sort of bits of red thinking, is that me? Or I don't know what's in there. But <laughs> um, um, so just having those thoughts of, well, what is it I could use instead? What can I have in my, in my little, in my fridge or in my freezer that I can go to if I'm yeah. struggling? So I've just tried to put all of those into here. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a chef and that's why it's written in a way and this is where I think you and I are, are, are very similar. We're coming at it from a perspective of someone who's not a, a famous person or someone who's exactly looked at it in a textbook and said, I know how that all works. We've, we've lived it. We are living it. Exactly, and, yeah. and that gives you an insight into what would I want to see? You know, what would, what would have made me happy had I had the opportunity to see it? Um, and that's what, really what I'm, tr I'm trying to do is to say, I didn't have it and I wish I had had it and, it, and, that, and that to me says well someone else hopefully will, will want that as well and give them a lift because 
cooking can go can be a horrendous experience for people mm. if if you're not feeling well if you're if you're depressed and anxious or in pain any of them all together on their own it becomes a horrendous thing and you probably end up just using um some beige food from the freezer that's pre-prepared shove it in it becomes it becomes a fuel rather than a a thing that you love and i wanted to give people that feeling i call this a therapeutic approach to cooking because it's not about the food at the end it's the you know it's not a diet book it's not a health book in that sense it's not saying eat this and you'll be cured yeah it's about the power of cooking to give you a feeling of strength a feeling of well-being and a feeling you mentioned at the beginning a feeling of pride and a role it cooking genuinely has given me a role back in the family Mm. my girls now look at me and they say dad what are we having tonight and they look at it and I look at them and thought crikey they they didn't say that for years because I wasn't there I was in bed or was whatever so for me to be able to feel like a part of that again is and you're contributing aren't you oh god absolutely and when things go wrong, which they invariably do quite a lot, that's okay. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. It's actually the fact that you've tried. And also what, it, what it's done, for me anyway, is it's encouraged conversations about mm. things. So I can be stood there with my two girls. So I've got uh, one's seven, one's 15. So there's quite a, a gap there, but they both love baking. They both love getting involved. And when we're just in that kitchen with some music playing, it's just, there's nothing else going on. We're just there and they can ask me anything. I can ask them anything. And it can be about how you're feeling. It can be about what we're making. It could be about anything, but it just yeah. gives you a safe place to talk about stuff. And, you know, if I'm lucky enough, I'm hoping to write some more of these books. One of them I want to focus on is creating that conversational element for for families, because you can be an adult who's suffering, uh, whose children don't understand what's happening. Where you could be a child who's suffering, whose adult parents don't understand what's happening, and I think cooking can give you that ability to give you a space to allow it to, to you know, to happen. You said you also listen to music, and yeah. I know that you, in your book, you also have a section on playlists. And yeah. So I'm interested in what sort of music you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So I, in my in my late teens and in my 20s I was a drummer in a band oh, right. um, and I in the Isle of Man where I, I grew up and I used to play in a, an amazing band I, I, I was the sort of the poor sort of relation really I just, just sort of kept the beat there were some incredible uh, musicians and we played some you know, great stuff and I think that love of music just carried on and on and on so now I I mean I love 80s music because that was my sort of go-to era the, yeah. the 80s I just find that music just has so many great memories. All my music playlists are based on music that I have, a, I can attach great memories to, or just make me feel good. So 80s, I love, I love everything. Uh, I love lots of kind of music. I love classical music. I love rock music. I, I love most types of music, to be honest. I'm the same. What I have now is I have playlists for different days. So weekdays I have a particular set of playlists that I play and it tends to be more upbeat fairly short um music so all kinds of things but I have it that's going to give me a good a good kickstart into to, to playing great music and having doing a bit of cooking because I know I haven't got that long to get the to get tea ready or whatever mm. and then at weekends when I know I've got a bit longer maybe I'm doing some batch cooking or whatever I'll play I play albums 
I love listening to great albums and sometimes I'll go for stuff I've never heard of before just to see what it's like. Sometimes you wish you hadn't, but that's just, <laughs> <laughs> you go, what the heck is this? Um, that's the beauty of things like Spotify though, isn't it? You can just oh, click to the next one. <laughs> absolutely. So now I can't necessarily play the drums, but I, I've still got my voice. So I, I sing very loudly at most times um, to the annoyance of most people, um, but I love it. And it just gives me that release. It gives me that, I don't, I just don't care right now. I'm just singing and it makes me feel great. And and I, I got over from, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago, I wouldn't say boot to a goose because I was too frightened. Mm. Um, and I was frightened of, of seeming that how can he sing when he's in so much despair um and also i i didn't really know how to sing um mm. my wife said to me it was about probably middle of last year probably just after i'd come out of bath and she just came up to me do you realize what you've just been doing i said no she goes you've just been singing and i said what's that she goes you haven't sung for years yeah and i didn't know i was doing it uh, and it That's was like brilliant. wow yeah and it's so powerful it can just you don't have to be any good at singing just like oh, you don't God, have to be no. any, good at, any good at cooking that's not the point it's just giving yourself a, a go and having something to to give yourself a bit of a lift with um, and that can be anything so apart from singing and obviously yeah. cooking <laughs> what's what other things do you do for are you, are you on drugs for um, the fibromyalgia? Yeah, arthritis? Yeah, 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 on a lot of medication. And yeah. uh, well, to be fair, I'm, I'm on a lot less than I was. Um, mm. Before I went to to Bath at that point, I was on all kinds of stuff on these sort of super strength opioid patches and um, you name it, drugs for everything. And, and as I say, it was there was drugs for my head, there was drugs for my body, there was mm. drugs for you name it. And you just take it because you think, well, they know what they're doing it's got to be helpful um and it was only when i was sort of down in bath and i was talking to their sort of their medical guys about these are the medications i'm on and they would explain what they do and also what they don't do mm. um and it was a case of trying to find the level so I, I would come off some and all of a sudden i was finding that i was waking up in the morning which i hadn't done i was thinking wow so those yeah. things were, were dulling my my brain but they yeah, were also course. making me incredibly tired so mm. some of them I, I'm on you know still a lot um but I'm able to I've come down to a level now that I feel comfortable with I feel I'm alive I, I'm able to contribute through a day yeah um but I know that I'm I'm going off a level of the medication is helping me so I'm I'm comfortable with what I'm I'm taking I'd love to be able to come down a little bit more but you've got to take these things slowly and and with help so yeah I, I I have medication and then I also have my own mechanisms that I use to to cope with things I think the, the biggest thing that I I use I've, I've discovered that I visualize things in pictures much better than I do mm. in in my in my mind I think the, the thing that for me sums up exactly where I was and where I am now is I have this thing in my head called four towels and basically what it is, is that there's a, a sunny beach in Spain somewhere. Mm. There's four beach towels laid out on the beach. And on them is my wife and my two daughters. And the one I should be on is empty. And that signifies where I was. Mm. As in, they had, to, they had a separate life to the one I had because I, mm. didn't, I wasn't able to be in a lot of these things. So now a big motivational tool I use for myself is that I see me set myself on that fourth towel. So 
how do I get myself on that foretell? It's great to have that vision, but it doesn't mean a lot unless you actually have a way of, of getting to it. Yeah. So I, I look at things on a daily basis. I have a thing called a hot cross bun. I don't know whether you've heard of a hot cross bun. <laughs> Only the eating sort. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, me too. In fact, I've just written a recipe for a hot cross bun oh, for, for a magazine. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the hot cross bun really is saying that you have, so the four parts, if you think of the four parts of the hot cross bun. Yeah. You've got your thoughts, your feelings and your emotions. And then your, the fourth one is your actions. And the first three, thoughts, feelings, and emotions, it's very hard to control. They tend to take over. They tend to drive you off in a different direction. They can make you go, no, I'm not doing that. They can make you run away and say, oh, no, I'm definitely not doing that. But the actions part is the one that you really can do something about. Yeah. So if I'm sat there, say, for instance, um, the my, my wife says, right, me and the girls are going out with the dog. We're just going for a little stroll. Can you come with us? And uh, my immediate reaction would have been no. Mm because I'm in too much pain, I'm really tired, I'm really down, and I, I think it would be, and then you start to create the reasons why that wouldn't happen, because it would be, you know, I'd slow you down, um, it would be bad for everyone, blah, 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 blah. But actually, course, if, you, yeah. if you rewind that and say, okay, well, that's what my actions would be, but is there a way that I could go out? So could I say, actually, yeah, I can go, but I might not be able to do it all. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah, and then I'll give it a sudden, go. Yeah. yeah, and then that then changes your thoughts, feelings, and emotions from, you know, oh, terrible anxiety, this is a disaster, to, oh, okay. And then if you give it a little try and you do it, that then makes the next decision-making process that little bit easier because you can start to challenge the way you're thinking a bit mm. better. It's not easy. It really isn't. And, and sometimes you get it horribly wrong and sometimes you just go, yeah, uh, fine. But the more you try it, the more it, for me, it helps. It just gives me that thing. And if I'm really struggling with it, I just think about that fourth towel. Yeah. And I go, right, if I don't do this, I'm not on that towel. So if I do, I've got a chance of being on that towel. And that just gives me that end-to-end -end link of right now, the action through to where do I want to be as a dad, as a, you know, as a family member. Absolutely. What is the best piece of advice that you've received whether it was when you were at the pain center in yeah. bath or from i don't know from just a passerby or anybody yeah <laughs> what's, what's the best thing that someone's ever said to you that you've really taken on board the, the best one and it took me a while to understand what it was and what it meant um so basically it goes on a good day do less than you could on a bad day do more than you would Oh, nice. I so, that one down. That's yeah, great. so basically what it's saying is on a, on a good day, you tend to overdo it. You tend to yeah. think, right, now is my chance to catch up on everything that I've not done. Um, so rather than doing that, do less than you could. So you know yeah. you could do more, but rein it in a little bit. And then on a bad day, what would you normally do? Probably not a lot, but do a little bit more. Um, yes. Just try and, and just achieve one thing. Um, so rather than the sort of big roller coasters up and downs of I've done loads, but now I'm dead for three days or now I'm in terrible trouble um, for, for a week, try and smooth the roller coaster out a little bit. That's really what it's trying to say. So on a good, do, do, a good day, do less than you could and a bad day, do more than you would. And it's just with that, I found initially I was doing trying to do things that I thought were helpful to my wife. Yeah. turned out most of them wouldn't they were more helpful to me so <laughs> it created a conversation that says right what are the things that if I'm having a bad day would really help 
you and help yeah. me. And by having this little list, I can say, right, I know I'm having a bad one, but I know if I do that thing and that thing there, one, it'll make me feel better, and two, I know I'm contributing again. So it, it's sort of a bigger thing than just doing something. Oh, um, absolutely. But it's also you going, it's you going back to that going out, you know, the girls are going out for a walk yeah. and you saying you're having a bad day and you say, no, 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 I'll slow you down. Yeah. For you mentally, if you turn it around and go, no, actually, I will come with you. I might slow you down. I might not be able to make the whole walk. That is not only helping them, but it's massively helping you to get, yeah. turn that bad day into a good day. Is what Absolutely. And that that then improves your mental health because you feel you get that sort of surge of, ooh, the girls were smiling. Um, I'm, I think they enjoyed that. I think I enjoyed it too. And then that for me also helps my physical health because they're so intertwined. If one goes, the other goes. If one goes up, the other goes up. So yeah. it, it just it just gives me that, again, you know, if I'm, I'm feeling good and I, it's the, the, the boom and bust syndrome where saying, mm. right, I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to get as many things done as I can. And then you're completely bust for days on end. So it's just trying to slow that level not trying to put a dampener on you feeling no better. absolutely just trying to be a little sensible <laughs> yeah, exactly which isn't always that easy but yeah it is it's just about sort of saying well how can I be more available more visible for longer and that's really what what does it for me so and it's evening it out as well as I yeah. guess isn't it absolutely absolutely and again it never you never get it right every day there's going to be days where you overdo it there's going to be days where you underdo it but that's okay it's just as long as you're aware of that, that's the main thing. So finally, Ian, yeah. um, apart from obviously all of this massively brilliant advice, <laughs> if you had to pass on one thing, what would it be? I think probably the, the best thing that I, I would pass on is that new memories are possible. So when I think back to when I was in the sort of depths of depression and anxiety, I felt sort of helpless, hopeless, you know, scared. Um, and that basically that was it. That was the end of, you know, the, the sort of photo album stopped there. Um, but actually, no, that's not necessarily true. If you, if you find a way to give yourself some hope, to give yourself some role, to be either be cooking, be it music, be it anything, mm. then there is a chance to start to create new memories. And you don't have to have a big bang approach. It doesn't have to be something extraordinarily large. I learned to celebrate the smallest of things. Um, you know, I, the first time I made toast after mm. years, I just said, look, I've done, and my, and my family just went, that's fantastic. And it sounds ridiculous, but actually that gave me such a lift to say, I've just done something. And it doesn't matter what it is. It could be even the worst thing you've ever made, but just to say, I just did that. Yeah. So I think new memories are very possible and I think new good memories are very possible. You just have to start celebrating the smallest of things and go over the top with it and say, actually, you know what? You are good enough. You can do these things. And you just did. You did one step more than you did yesterday. That is amazing. Um, and it's hard to force yourself to do that when you're feeling very down and very you know, anxious. But if you can. It just takes the little stepping stone further and further along. And as you do more and more, it becomes easier and easier. And, and you'll find that these things start to snowball. It, it's, for me, it's worked. I'm not saying it works for everybody, but I think the fact that you know, new memories are possible, those three towels have become four towels mm. or can become four towels, but easily they can go back to three again. So you have to keep 
going at it and keep working and trying your best. But yeah, new memories for me, I think are possible. There's, there's, there's always hope in the world and there is a huge sense of community of people who want to help you. People who are living it, people who've lived it, living it, going through it. And those are the people that I find I get the most from. So talking to you, talking to these nine people I met in Bath, whose stories are so similar, but different. Yeah. It just gives you yeah. it. Yeah. And you've absolutely summed up the reason, the very reason for me doing this podcast and all the things oh. I do is, you know, it's, you get so much more from, from people with the lived experience and that have gone through it, are going through it. And it just reminds you, it's the old cliche, you're not alone. Yeah. For me, like for you, I want to try now and help other people find their little nuggets, find mm. their way. So me doing the book is that way. Your amazing podcast and the work you do is all designed to try and give that opportunity for people. I don't remember having that sort of type of thing available. So I think it's fantastic where we've got to. And I think if people mm. just find the right things, it's it's amazing. Um, and don't be frightened to look for it. Look, you know, it's not a bad thing to look for help. It's really it's a very positive thing that you're doing by saying look I think I just need to get to hear from someone who's having the same thing yeah uh, it makes such a difference absolutely Ian it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you today I still can't believe it's the first podcast you've done Ian it's been lovely thank you uh, so much you're very welcome thank you so much thank for having you. me